Right, and we have kicked off. It is the podcast, Play on the Football Podcast. Myself, Ben English, uh, part of the Beer Rap and Banter team at Beer Rap Bants. I want to say thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe on all your podcast platforms. Uh, it's good to be back, first and foremost. Uh, and I just want to say a big shout out to uh, Cal and Ashley uh, and Ryan, who were featured on the last few episodes for holding down the fort. First of all, Ash, how you doing, bro? Yeah, I'm good, man. Glad to have you back. Thank you. It's good to get the recall, man. It's been a... <laughs> you and your multiple personalities. <laughs> multiple, multiple positions, you mean. <laughs> and um, we've also got Ryan from Don't Be A Dick Podcast, who has featured heavily in the past and part of the team. How you doing, Ryan? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Good. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, very well, thanks. Enjoying lockdown. Um, still very blessed to be able to live the way I do. It's good. it's good to have you, man. And thanks both for sort of covering the ground, wearing the captain's armbands, as it were. And we've got um, Cal, as always, is producing in the background, making everything tick over nicely. Cal, how you been? I'm very good. How you doing yourself? It's, it's been a while since we heard you on the pod, so glad to have you back. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be a man stretching my legs, playing that position. Uh, as always, so we've got lots to cover in today's episode. We've got a season review, um, player of the season, golden boot, and will relegated teams bounce back? We've got results from Europe and possible fixtures coming up and then some general news. But first, we have an, a special guest, someone uh, I know very well over the years. Uh, he's a television producer. Uh, he's a rapper and music producer and all around great guy. Uh, we've got Loudmouth Melvin. How are you doing, Loudmouth? I'm good, bro. Thanks for having me, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. I don't do podcasts, you know. This is the only second podcast I've ever been. Oh, third, because I've done skillets. But yeah, I don't really do podcasts. But obviously, me, me and Ben, we played many years ago. We used to play football, kickball together, and and you know we've stayed in touch and been good friends since. So I had to come through. Yeah, we really appreciate it. and and all the great things that you're doing um, behind the scene as well, which we'll touch on in a moment. Loud was one of those guys growing up. I was like. This guy, because he's from Wolverhampton, uh, and he's big up Skillet and the whole team involved, and he was part of a, a crew with them. And uh, one of the rappers that you heard on One Extra back in the day is like, oh, this guy's got the bars and everything. So he was definitely someone I aspired to be like on the level rapping wise. And he's always always good to talk to on a normal one. We'd go out or bump into each other. Yeah, and, uh, no, bro, that means a lot, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I didn't really get much money for all them times I was on One Extra, so. When I get a compliment, it, it, it means a lot. It means a lot. If people want to do their history for like, I don't even want to say UK rap or grind, but everyone just type in Loudmouth and stuff with uh, Aftershock or his mixtapes with Smasher as well. And um, Quarantine as well, big up them. And a baller as well, good footballer as well and a solid. <laughs> that means even more, bro. That means even more. <laughs> still could do a job. Still could do a job. Possibly. <laughs> I would have been a footballer like, rather than a rapper any day of the week. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Right. Um, so definitely East London in the building. But this, this let everyone know your team. What is your team? My team, even though I'm uh, more known as an East Londoner, I originally come from West London, um, right near where Ash is from. Actually, come the bottom on, of that. Uh, I moved to I moved to when I was about nine, but by then I'd already chosen my team, and that was Queens Park Rangers. Queens Park Rangers. And um, if you could sum up. Queen's Park Rangers season in three words. We often do this with our uh, guests. Three-word summary. What would it be? 
run of mill. <laughs> but oh no, business as usual, actually. Because really, if I'm being honest, with mid-table championship, that is, like, on average, that is our average position. That's the position we should be, really. Like, every Premier like Watford have just been relegated. Watford will return to where they usually are, which is where QPR are. Like, clubs like QPR, Crystal Palace, uh, Swansea, Fulham, they can go up. They might do a couple of years. They, some of them might even have 10 years and do really well but at some point they'll come back down and they'll be where we are right now mm, mm, mm. Uh, how's the season been sort of up and down did you manage to get to any games pre I I uh, literally I got to two well I got to one game and I was going to a second game when lockdown started like it literally got cancelled it was the first game that got cancelled um, and both games were QPR Charlton because I live right next to Charlton Stadium Um so I was going to have the, the, the luxury of being able to walk to a QPR match and then it got cancelled. And then the first one I went, I went to the home version of that um, because a friend of mine had access to a box. So it's the first time I've seen a QPR match from the box and we drew and I was the only one in the box that supported QPR. Everyone else was <laughs> just money, man. They didn't care. Yeah. It's a strange experience being in the box. And just quickly, thoughts on sort of Fulham, your neighbours not, not making it to the promised land. No, Fulham, Fulham made it. Brentford didn't. Sorry, beg your pardon. I, I'd, rather, I'd rather Fulham make it than Brentford. Okay, interesting. Because Fulham, at least it's like, that's a rival that we're used to kind of like, all right, they've, in recent history, they've been better than us. Like, when I was young, Fulham was like Leighton Orient to me. Yeah? <laughs> but, but Brentford is like, I don't know if you remember Leighton Wingate. Yeah. That's what Brentford was to me. They're like... So if Brentford get to the promised land, they've they've never won anything. Like if they get to the promised land and the smack talk that their players have come with, I was I was kind of rooting for Fulham. So I was happy for them. Rare, like a rare occasion where I root for Fulham, but I'd rather Fulham. Lesser of two evils. Interesting, mm. interesting. Right, we're going to kickstart the review. Uh, over the past few episodes, we've always done reviews of goal of the month or player of the month, and we're going to kickstart with the player of the season, which was just recently. Uh, announced now, Ash. I'm going to start with you. Is it any surprise? KDB has 15, uh, 13 goals, 20 assists, a record set by Homery in the 2002-2003 season. Uh, any surprise that KDB took it? No, he deserved no. it. Like we've been saying this for a while as well. Like he's just been he's been the best individual player of the season. I get that Liverpool have done well, um, and like obviously they've won the league with 99 points, but. KDB's performances throughout the season have been exceptional. And it's the team and probably his manager that's let him down. Um, we'll get onto that a bit later on. But yeah, I just think he's done everything he's needed to do this season and others around him haven't matched his level. Mm-hmm. Ryan, what's your thoughts? Sort of Henderson was a lot of people's favourites, uh, having lifted the league, Champions League uh, and World Club Cup, I believe. Uh, four goals and five assists, what he contributed, but he does so much on and off the pitch. Uh, thoughts about Henderson not getting it and KDB getting it over him? Yeah, this is the Premier League um, best player, yeah? Yeah. Play the season. Yeah, so, no, no, play the season. Okay, so our Champions League, it's just Champions League to be bought into it. Well, his achievements, like his European achievements should really be bought into it. If we're looking into Premier League alone, then De Bruyne outshines him a lot. A lot. Um, his 
assists. He equaled the record, I yep. believe, and scoring all those goals himself. Absolute monster. There's no player maybe in Europe that passes like him. And he hasn't really been injured this season, which has been good to kind of see him throughout. Mm. And he, he um, solidifies his position as a world-class midfielder. So he absolutely deserves it. And um, it's, uh, it, it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. Nice, nice. Because yeah, he went up against uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, uh, Danny Ings, Sadio Mane, Nick Pope, a good to see a goalie in there, and Jamie Vardy. Uh, Jordan Henderson, loudmouth. Was anyone else you thought maybe could have came close? I, I don't think Henderson's even Liverpool's best player this season. Yeah, so he, like, I think mm, I, yeah. I like I like Henderson, um, yeah. but I think he's got it on sentiment. I think uh, I don't know if you remember there was a stage earlier in the season where he kind of lost his place a little bit. Him mm. odds, a player of the season doesn't lose their place. Like she, so he's won it because he's like seen as this the leader and the talisman of that team, but. He really isn't, because I'd say Van Dijk is the real for me. Yeah, Van Dijk is the you know, and he won it last year. But Sadio Mane was for me the best Liverpool player this season, and yeah, then Trent. Agreed. Trent, yeah. I'd, I'd have Trent over Hendo as well. Um, so yeah, I just think it's, it's sentiment. I'm not mad, you know. Like sometimes every, every now and again, you get a sentimental award. Um, Ryan Giggs, I think, was sentimental when he won, mm. like. They weren't really the best player, but people got love for them, so they get, kind of give it to them. De Bruyne was head and shoulders above everyone. Chances created, he's like way above everyone, like mm. season. So, yeah, I think um, Ash is right. I think the, I think it was you that I said it, Ash. That the, it's mm. kind of the team and the management that let him kind of let him down a little bit. Um, yeah, hun- yeah, hundred. And I think and- Mane. Sorry, I think Mane is a good shout for second as well because I think he was really good and he he made it, made those clutch moments. He's the only other person I think could have been in the conversation, but I still think there was quite a gap between him and De Bruyne. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Mane chipping him at eight goals and KDB uh, out of the goals of the uh, season, he had two two contenders there. Um, I think it was the volley against I want to say Newcastle possibly. Yeah, off the bar. Yeah, and I know he had two against Arsenal. Yeah. Um, It'll just, yeah, and even, and we will talk about him in a bit more uh, coming up to the Champions League game recently. But yeah, what, what he offers, and he's just passing, like I think Ryan says, best passer arguably in Europe, if not the world. Right, moving on, Golden Boot, Jamie Vardy with 23 goals. Um, just quickly, it was nice to see uh, three English players reach 20 plus goals. So we had uh, Sterling, Vardy, and Ings chipping there, and obviously a Bamiang. Um, I'll start with Ryan. Views on Vardy hitting 23, obviously not playing for England. Um, yeah. A manager that suited Vardy uh, getting to that tally. Yeah, this, this, this is a shocking thing. The fact you just said that three English players uh, broke the 20 goal in a season. Um, Vardy doesn't play for England. Danny, Danny Ings will probably sit on the bench because of Harry Kane, which is annoying. Um, if only we played because of form and not because of name. Uh now, Vardy, I think Vardy winning the Golden Boot kind of shows you how Leicester fell off. He was on fire before the break and after the break. Absolutely shocking. How he managed to... They, they, before the break, Leicester were on absolute crud if Vardy's winning the Golden Boot. They were on absolute smoke because they came back and completely fell off. Mm. So that, 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 that stat is... Is, is Diamond of Leicester, man. 
But I feel like Kane was injured quite a bit this season. I think that's what affected him. If he's not, if he's not injured, Kane's up there every year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't, I think even, you know, he's sort of saying, Ryan, about Ings, it's a shame because he'd sit down if Kane, you know, is there, but Ings doesn't get ahead of Kane in any way. He doesn't get ahead of any of those front three in England. Uh, you know, get a call up, subs bench, maybe put on 20 minutes to go or tournament player, but, yeah, this, football, this, is, this is football manager talking. I'll, I'll play on form. I'll play on form. I say, but you're banging a minute at the moment. You're in there. Another factor I think to to to, to put in is like um, the none the no like the, the one thing of uh, Southampton really depending on him. Leicester depending on Vardy. Like they really depend. Obviously Spurs depend on on Kane as well. But there's no European football. There's you know they can just kind of lock in on doing what they do, and they did it brilliantly. Like I'm really happy for Ings. Because I felt like the Liverpool, he was great at Burnley. The Liverpool move didn't work out for him, but he didn't really get a chance. So mm. to see him kind of um, prove his worth elsewhere, I'm really happy for him. Mm. But he's got to do it again next season. Well, yeah, that was the thing. And I think this, uh, this the manager saying that he wouldn't be able to play continuous games for a lot of, certainly a lot of fantasy football, which we'll talk about fantasy football in a bit. Uh, with one of our stories, but threw a lot of managers off because they didn't think he'd be as consistent. But he proved that he could stay fit and uh, really help them stay up this season and turn around from that, that shocking result against Leicester where Vardy got a hat-trick, I do believe. Um, what I noticed, this, this uh, maybe actually can build on this, I was watching Vardy's all 23 of his goals and other than there was like a sort of a lob volley against Bournemouth, uh, one or two link-up goals against Palace and Arsenal, there wasn't too many sort of worldies in the mm. park outside the box. A good few penalties he does get a few headers in and around the box. He's just a striker that sort of stays on the penalty spot. Um, views on sort of Vardy's finishing and goals over the, over the season? Yeah. So what you got to remember is as well, he only scored six goals after in 2020. So he was hot at the start of the year. Like I think he got up to mm. 17 um, when, he, when he scored away to Man City. And again, at that point, Leicester was still very much kind of this um, surprise package. They were like down to teams. They were playing like, on, the, on the front foot. Um, Madison was was giving him lots of goals. Perez was there as well. Harvey Barnes was having a great season. So, like you said, when they were when they were up and they were doing really well, Vardy's goals were up. And the moment that I think Liverpool went there and gave them four, that's just when they kind of just went 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 off the rails and and he stopped scoring. So his goals were were crucial in where they finished. But if he got a couple more, they actually would have made the Champions League. His finishing is good. Like the, the thing with Vardy is, if you give him a chance, he's always gonna, he's going to net like. And he loves scoring against the big teams. But again, they just he went through that stage where they really needed a few more goals from him and he just wasn't able to kind of deliver. But fair play to him, the oldest golden boot winner for a long time as well. So yeah, yeah fair like fair play to him. Yeah. yeah I nothing about ratings to Vardy from me personally. I think he had some stiff competition with Aubameyang, Mane, Mane and Salah, who all had great seasons and deserve an honourable mention. Um, and he joins this list of illustrious company, Aguero and Van Persie and Anelka, and the list goes on, Henri mm. and Shira, Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank. He's one of them now. He's a, he's a Premier League legendary golden boot winner. And I wouldn't mind rocking a pair of those golden boots myself. You know, that looked look nice with a pair of jeans. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, wearing boot, boots and jeans. <laughs> what, what, <come> <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that's a hard times outfit right there. Wow. <laughs> Man's there in boots and jeans. Turn up, turn up at the rave with the golden boots on. Are you mad? It's stunning and hard, bro. jeans. On <laughs> <laughs> a heady one vibe with the, with the golden boot. I'm feeling it. Right, moving on. Um, from sort of the heady heights of Vardy and the golden boot to the three teams that got relegated and the question I'm going to pose um, to you each, and you can all choose a team of your choice. Um, will the relegated teams bounce back, uh, immediately bounce back, uh, is the initial pull. So I don't know who wants to take that one first. We'll start with Bournemouth. I don't know if anyone wants to discuss Bournemouth first. I'll do Bournemouth. So in. for me, if they can keep their firepower, they'll come straight back up. But I find it really hard to believe that Josh King... Callum Wilson, Brooks um, would would want to stay in the championship when there's going to be suitors for them. Um, obviously, Eddie Howe's gone. They've got a new manager installed. Um, it, we, we wait to see what happens with him. But they've got a lot of good players at Bournemouth and it just didn't work for them this season. Um, mm. I think that, like, the defence really let them down. A few of their defenders have been there a bit too long. So like Simon Francis, he's, not, he's no good, but he's, he's still been playing. Ake wasn't at the same levels that he was. He's not gone to he's gone, gone to City now. So I just think if they can keep the firepower, they've got enough to shoot themselves back to the league. However, I don't think we're going to be able to get to the deadline when there's teams that need strikers. Like for instance, West Ham could do with a Callum Wilson. Um, numerous teams could take, like say, a Josh King. So there's there's going to be a lot of people wanting their players. If they can hold on to them, then they've definitely got a chance. I mean, there was there was talks of even Juventus in coin about Josh King. I thought Josh King would even be a good for Arsenal if they lost Laka. Um, yeah, I don't feel I don't feel Bournemouth will be able to keep some of their more high profile players. I know uh, Ryan Fraser sort of mm. fell out of. Uh, yeah. What he did was a bit scandalous. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like Brooks and Solanke will have found his level in the Championship, and you can you can expect to see him help them push on. Um, loud uh, thoughts on maybe, uh, well, as you discussed them earlier. I, I actually think the opposite of Ash. I think the value for Bournemouth is the set, because they've got parachute payment, they've got 41 million for Aki, and like if they can sell a few of those other players, there's a lot of money then to rebuild. But the biggest stumbling block they've got is replacing Howe. I, mm. think, I think they should, I, I get the impression he left rather than the mm. am, um, amicable agreement. Uh, uh, yeah, but I think if they kept him and just had a lot of money to rebuild, they might have done it. So it, they're, them coming back, I think they've got the best chance out of the three, but I think it will depend on who they're replacing with. Interesting. Because they've got the resources now. Yeah, yeah. Thoughts on, on Watford? Do you think they're going to bounce back straight away? Or obviously not. You just said I hope Watford. not. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you why. Because... Um, this last season, we played Watford in, uh, I think, like the last 16 of the FA Cup and uh, Troy Deeney afterwards. I know for some of you guys, he's, he's not a popular guy anyway, but he was like, um, yeah, this was like a cup final for them. And I'm like, bruv, you're not Juventus. You're Watford. <laughs> like, you're our left. Like, you, like, literally, we, we when we got to the Premiership, we were going to buy him. And I think he's got feeling like, like some ill feeling about that so from Troy, f- just for Tredini I don't want him to bounce back and I actually think they'll find it hard yeah I think they'll struggle I think the, the levels of the championship have gone up since they were last down there 
Mm. And um, if I was some of their better players, uh, I'd be off. I'd be, I wouldn't want to be a part of that project. It's going to be a, 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 a slugfest down there. Who do you think is a player of value? Like, who are the, who are the better players there? Saw. Ah. Uh, yeah. Saw. So he's gone. Maybe. Bella Foster. 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 Yeah, Decore. Foster was yeah. one of my players of the season. I really like watching him. Kukue mm. is good. Um, who's the Argentinian brother who plays left wing? Ah, oh, what's his name? Ah, oh, I forgot his name. Oh. They've just had a new manager, so Vladimir Ivic has come, won two consecutive league titles with Maccabib Tel Aviv in the domestic cup with Greek club uh, PAOK. So they've got a manager who has won things, albeit maybe in not as a competitive league as the championship. Because like you're saying, Ryan, it is, it is a hard league to get out. Recognise the horrible as like the most... <laughs> league underneath you know the, the, the La Liga you know underneath the Premier League the top leagues in every country that division to get out of that or I'm to telling get... you it's tougher it's the toughest league in England easily and one yeah. of the toughest in, in Europe yeah 100% and the game's so come fast just try gambling on that league yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah rural rap and it comes in you've had a lucky day yeah, yeah, we're yeah. Right. Um, Oh, yeah. Well, talking of gambling, I know uh, Seth Combo and Ashley's friend did that mad ACA. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But um, <laughs> as always, if you are gambling, just be safe. And when the fun stops, stop. And <laughs> just put a disclaimer. Uh, <laughs> lastly, Ryan on Norwich. Thoughts? Yeah. Will they bounce back? No. No, not for a while. Um, absolutely handed to them. I think that them, again, I think they're another team who will lose... Uh, a few of their, their top players and they'll struggle for about maybe two two or three more seasons. Uh, Campwell, I'm surprised no one's, no one's um, snapped up Campwell. Good player. Um, Pookie will stay there, I believe. I think it's Ben Dia and um, the fullback that people are looking at. Oh, Aaron's. Yeah, Campwell sort of hit and miss. I know, you know, he's a good player, but he's fell off quite a lot towards uh, the end of the season. But no, yeah, still young. Now nah, Norwich is going to have a tough. I think I think that um, Bournemouth are going to have the toughest time out of the three teams. Uh, and I, I, I know um, Loudmouth said uh, they're going to have trouble replacing Howe. I think Howe was really overrated. I think that Howe had his moment, and they should have moved on from him when they had a chance. Sort of like, um, well, there's a lot of examples. Teams that cut off their managers and move on. Um, Leicester, one of them, I believe. Sometimes it has to be done. Well, I think it flops more time than not, though. I think Leicester with Pearson, like, what mm. happened after that was incredible. Pearson started the, the, the turnaround and then, you know, Ranieri just took it on to the next level. Mm. Um, but, and obviously even now, Rodgers, like, has done well. Um, but I just think how, wait, Bournemouth are a tiny club. Yeah, yeah. The stadium is being in the Premier League. So I think how his overachievement to he they were second bottom in the lowest league, weren't they, when he took over? Mm. League two. They were second bottom and he's got he got him all the way to the premiership and been there for a few years. Um I rate him, I just think he way he falls down on his his recruitment. Oh man, at yeah. Level, he made some horrible like Jordan Ayab. Selenki, like they're, they're really bad transfers um, mm. that cost a lot of money. I have, so I've in particular, yeah, that was that was strange. Oh, that one, really bad. Yeah, but um, you see, you see, 
I rate him a lot, not for what he's done as the club to sort of have him punch him well above the weight, but the way they play and the training and, 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 the, and the patterns of play that they have, you know, they, they get the ball down and not that it is a right way to play, you know, I mean, people have their views on what the right way. The right way is winning games at the end of the day, no matter how you're doing it. Um, you want to keep yeah. the fans pleased, but they do. They did play good football. They do under him, and I just wish him the best. And we, we wish all three teams the best moving forward. Right, Europa League. Uh, I wasn't too. My Wi-Fi, as you know, wasn't great, so I was missing out on games. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll fly through Europa League and then touch on the Champions League games. Uh, Ash, do you want to jump on the results? Yeah. So um, obviously, Inter and Shakhtar both won their games to get through to the semi-finals. Um, Shakhtar were probably the most impressive. Um, they battered their team 4-1. Um, and yeah, they just they just seem like they've got a lot of options. And I've actually got them down to beat Inter. Um, oh, right. Yeah, no, seriously. I think the, the thing about them is, like, they've just got this raw intent. Like, they don't really care if a team comes at them. They can hit back and they, they can play control football. They can hit you on the counter. They've got, like, some real shooters. And the thing about Inter is Conte, he's never really been the best cup manager. Um, he's not won many cups. He's much better in the league, and I just think when it comes down to it, I think Shakhtar are, gonna, are actually going to pull a surprise. I really do. I really do. I've been thinking about this for a little while, and I watched their game, and I was really impressed with them. And I think, yeah, yeah I, I, I think they're going to be Inter. I really do. Uh, I, I think Inter will win. If Inter do win, I think they'll win off the performances of a few special individuals. I think it'll be the little individual moments that put pulled them through. Maybe Ericsson free kick or. Lukaku just leaning into someone. It's going to be something unique. Well, that's a moment that takes them out, takes them apart. Yeah, I think Inter's been looking, they've really been looking quite powerful and quite difficult to deal with up front. Um, Ashley Young's been getting wide and providing some good balls in from the left. Um, and um, it's nice to see players actually coming from the Premier League, going to Inter and playing well. Uh, Ericsson's been playing well there since he's left Spurs. Um, and um, and I think there'll be a bit of a problem, you know, if Man United come up against Inter Milan, that would be a very interesting contest there. And uh, I'm sure Lukaku would love to to stick one in against his former side. 100%. Can, can Sanchez play in that match? You see, yeah. Coutinho played against Barcelona, didn't he? Yeah. So Coutinho but, being on loan at Bayern Munich against Barcelona. Yeah, but so you, you, why? Sometimes UK loan deals. Barca, I, surely Man United would have stipulated in the contract that you can't play against us. Yeah, that's that's very common in UK loan deals. Um, can't play against your parent club. Very very common. But I think in you, I think in, in UEFA, in UEFA, it might not even count. So it, even if it's stipulated, it might not actually count because, like I said, Coutinho. Uh, Coutinho scored the two in the Champions League. So, like, on a local level, it's a, it, you can't do that. But at, on an international level, it may be different. Because the script would be written for Sanchez <laughs> and Lukaku. To, you know what I mean? So, but hold on. Do we, definitely think, do we definitely think United are going to beat Sevilla? I'm not sure. I, I, Sevilla mm. might win the whole thing. Like, from the teams that mm. left, it's, it, it can go either way. I'm not, like... Mm. You know, Man United on their day could beat any of those teams, but you need like all of their front three flying, and you know what I mean. Like it, they can do it, but it's not going to be easy. Sevilla, Sevilla got pedigree. Yeah, you know, in European competitions. So, and they've, they've, I swear they've dumped, they've dumped Man United a couple times. Yeah, and, yeah. and Europa. So, yeah, man, you never do, know. 
the, the, the Europa is a more balanced competition, isn't it? I know we'll go into the Champions League in a second. I think we have two, personally, I think there's two outstanding teams. One particularly more outstanding than, than the other. But this one, all four, all four teams have a very good shot at winning this competition. Yes, as much as I'm saying, oh yeah, I think Shakhtar are going to be Inter, Inter could give them a free piece. Like, it's, it's yeah. mad. I still, I still think Shakhtar will do it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Inter slapped them up as well. Like, it really is on a knife edge. Yeah. Definitely. I want Man United to win the whole thing, if I'm honest with you. Just because, and I, I want no, I want I want I want Greenwood to score a couple. I want Greenwood to take the competition by the scruff of his neck, by the scruff of the neck, because he he's got a really good record in Europa, and I'm a massive fan of Greenwood. Massive yeah. fan. Oh, he's he's he's, he's wicked. He's mm. wicked. He's a he's a light skinned Van Persie. I've <laughs> got that similar technique. Like, it's mad. It's mad. Even the way he strikes the ball, how he takes it, mm. like he like he looks exactly like him. Even and even Van Persie said that. I think when he was watching one of the games, he's like, "Yo, he he looks like me," and I think that's a great compliment. Could be one of his sons. One of his sons maybe with, uh, <laughs> that season he had in Manchester. No, yeah, time time frame's a bit different. But I know he gets. I know Greenwood gets lauded by Solskjaer saying he's like the best finisher at the club he's ever seen and. The, gut, the kid can hit it with left and right with a little bat lift just bangs it and um, yeah who have we got to win the whole thing who have we got to win the whole thing we'll go with Ryan who you got to win the Europa yeah Man United Man United Lab I I, I think I actually think Inter's going to do it I feel like Inter's going to do it interesting interesting Ash I don't know, you know. I'm, I'm going to say Sevilla. I think it might be a, a Sevilla shot to final. Ooh, that would be interesting. Mm. Cal? Honestly, I just don't know. Because um, <laughs> literally, we've heard all of the contenders and everybody's got a shout, hasn't they? Well, Shakhtar's got quality players. Like, mm. they, they're used to playing in the Champions League. Um, and um, they're going to be a threat. I don't know. I mean... I've probably seen more of Manchester United than anyone else and they've had a sensational season and like Ryan, I'm a fan of Greenwood as well. Um, so I want Man United to win it but, you know, I think Inter's quite hard. Ah, I'm going to go with Man United. All right, let's go. Yeah, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to go Man U as well just with, just with the quality they've got and, you know, not, not that I want them to win it per se. I mean, it'd be good to see an English club now that all the English teams have been dumped out, thus squashing all the uh, old English teams are dominating Europe now. Remember that conversation that was like last season or the season before, but then that's just been put to bed because, yeah, just stepping into Europe's a whole different ball game. Okay, uh, moving swiftly on. I do believe you touched all the Europa League games there. Atalanta and PSG. Now, Atalanta is Ash's team. When we were doing this podcast a month or two ago, I wasn't too hot on that Atlanta and he was mm. saying, Ben, don't sleep on them because mm. they get goals. Yeah, they do. And, and, and I had them as an outside. I think this was on the Wednesday night they played. Mm. And uh, I thought they could possibly turn PSG over because PSG known bottlers in the past at Atlanta <laughs> being the, uh, the underdogs of the, of the season. Every year you get a Champions League team that comes up. Um, and then heartbreak at the end. Um, Ash... We'll talk on your team and sort of how <laughs> how the hearts were broken into like a cla- classic Italian, sonnet or so, you know, a classic Italian love story of 
heartbreak. Yeah, this, this this match meant a lot to me. So um, I shouted Atalanta as as a, as a bit of a dark horse because when they were up against Valencia, everyone said, oh, Atalanta are going to go out. And I was like, no, I had them to go through. But I've actually called PSG to win the competition. Um, so when it was 1-0, it was 10th. Plus, you spoke about my friend's bet. So it wasn't Seth, it was my other friend, Jazz. Yeah. So he put on a he put on a 12-fold um, for a fiver and he got 11 results in. And he he needed BSG to win in ninety minutes to go from five pounds to six and a half k. Yeah, proper. So when it's one nil, and he was thinking about cashing out before the game, and I think the cash out was like two k. But my friend was like, "No, nah, you know what? Just run the bet. You're only going to lose a fiver. You could make six and a half. It's worth it, right?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. So obviously PSG, like Neymar goes through, should score early. They have lots of chances. Then Atalanta score a good goal. They're looking resilient. They're not really doing much. Mbappe comes on. He's a little bit lively, but he didn't even look fit. And then all of a sudden, like PSG got the one back. So my friend's like, oh, damn it. And he was going to cash out. So I think he went up to like 800 pounds. He's like, you know what? I made 800 pounds off of this. As he's going to cash out, the screen's gone gray, but he's at work. So he doesn't even know what's going on. I'm watching the game. I'm on my phone. I just dashed my phone in the air. I couldn't believe it. When PSG scored, Obviously, I, I, like my prediction, cool, but my my Reggie just made six and a half K because of two goals in two minutes. So, like, it was scenes, right. absolute scenes. Like, he's at work on his phone, sees the result, falls on his knees. Like, <laughs> like, for, like proper things. Like, it was it was crazy. So, like, nah, big up Jazz. That's a 12-fold. And, yeah, five, wow. like, five pounds to six and a half K. Like, love to see it. That was, love um, to see it. That was... Yeah, because I know well because I know Seth Combo tweeted it. Yeah, and I know uh, he's got a big following, so I know a lot of people was eyes on that and like mad. Yeah, so um, that was one for the ages uh, and PSG coming through. And um, who's the uh, old Stoke player that scored? Triple Moting, who was dead, <laughs> but man scoring big goals like that. Nah, got to put a bit of respect on his name, man. Like it was a good goal as well, really good goal. Right. It was, right, R- uh, RBO, Leipzig and Atletico Madrid. Atletico just not not looking sharp, just not not on the ball. Uh, louder than if you saw this. Yeah, it's just kind of, Atletico have had one of those seasons. I think they, the, the Griezmann kind of leaving, mm. they're just like, they, they've had a real fine tradition of strikers. Like a lot of the world's best strikers have been like, you know, Aguero, Costa, um, Falcao, Torres. Um, they uh, they they've always had really good. Even Diego Forlan was great there. Um, yeah. So they've just had this really fine tradition of that. And obviously bringing Costa back, um, he's a little bit past his best. And losing Griezmann, I just think that was just bad for everyone. They like, played Barcelona. Yeah, because he so, played uh, Costa and Lorente up front rather than Morata, which some people. Yeah. Concern, but horses for courses, I mean. Well, I just think Atletico, it's just a little bit, I think they need a bit of a transition now, I think. Um, yeah. They've got like some good, like Jao Felix is a very good young player, but he, you know, he hit the ground running when he joined, but he's kind of slowed down a bit for him. And um, they just need a little bit of an overhaul. Yeah, he looked good when he came on. He started to change the game, didn't he? he was, uh... Yeah, but he's, uh, he's a future talent. Like He's a very, yeah. very good player, but I just think, yeah, I think similar to the bar, we'll get on to Barcelona, I'm sure, but it's similar yeah. to Barcelona. The teams probably just need a little bit of a freshening up. 
yeah, yeah. Well, touch the great transition, great through ball there, lad. This way, this way. Yeah, welcome, man. Great, welcome. great link up play. Um, Ryan, yo, changing of the guard, possibly Barcelona shattering the dream, the romanticized dream, Barcelona, not what they were. Uh, and your thoughts on sort of Messi first? Well, the t- the score, you know, eight two Bayern Munich, totally dominating. Did did you see that coming? Did you see that uh, much yeah, of a of an Arsenal team? Yes, I absolutely saw it coming. Uh, as a Chelsea fan, being handed. Uh, a heavy, heavier defeat by Bayern Munich. I know that our defence isn't the best. I also know Barcelona is worse. Their defence is ageing, their team is ageing, um, and they're, they're very heavily reliant on their few stars kind of putting something out of the bag. So, uh, and I know that Bayern Munich has a great defence, uh, Davis, um, both, and they've got strong defenders. It's going to be tough for them to be broken down. It was going to be too much for Barcelona, but I, I, I did not. If they had, I did not expect an eight-two, and if they had a second leg, it would, it would be even more embarrassing. Yeah. Um, so funny you just touch on it. What are your guys' thoughts? Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll carry on with the Barca game in a second. But what are your thoughts on just the one-game format uh, that the Champions League has now thrown up, rather than having it over two legs? I personally prefer it at the moment because mm. it's all or nothing. It's at the game. Mm. Uh, you know, it's at the stadium or at neutral stadium at, at present is is what we have to deal with. But it's uh, it's all or nothing on the pitch, sort of like in World Cups in the Euros. You guys, you guys happy with the new format? I like it. Uh, you yeah. know, I do think it's 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 more of a, a temporary form format now yeah. because yeah. a team like Leon could hit form and and they're playing every game's a cup final. Mm. The, the home and away aspect is gone. And like being consistent throughout a whole season over a sustained period is gone. Like Barcelona, if one massive factor that Barcelona's always had in the Champions League is to play at the new camp. Mm. That is a twelfth man like no other. And yeah. they didn't have it. And they got decimated. And they knew Exposed. those players knew in that match, we ain't gonna get no home leg. This is it. And they, you can see them switch off. <laughs> so it's an interesting format, but I think that's why it's throwing up some surprises. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd agree with that, and I also yeah. think some a team like Atletico Madrid, they almost play to just continue in their home leg and try and sneak something away. Yeah, but yeah. if they if they've got to go and make a game and win it in in um in regulation time, they tend to struggle. It's part of the reasons why, even whenever they've got to the finals, they've always come up short against yeah. Real Madrid. Like when it's yeah. a one game thing, they don't seem to quite have the minerals to get over the line. Well, the one thing I would say though is, um, I do think that kind of the score, especially in a Bayern-Barcelona game, I don't think you get like an 8-2 in a first leg, in it. Like, mm. I think naturally you just be like, okay, you know what, we'll take this or they'll ease off. Mm. But it's almost like, because it's a one-off game, we're just like, yeah, we're just going to completely kill you. And you can actually see the Barcelona players give up after the yeah. fifth goal. So that's why you got six, seven and eight. Whereas sometimes if you've got another leg, you might just say, you know what, let's batter down the hatches try and sneak something so we can move to the next leg and try and, like, it's a fresh game. And we've seen some miraculous second comebacks. Yeah. Yeah. So Liverpool would never have come back against Barcelona. Hundreds. The one game tie and they were 4-0 down. Or what, was it 3-0 down? 3-0 Whatever it was. But yeah, they would never have come back. Um, The same with Roma and Barcelona and like Mm. PSG and Barcelona. Like, where there was these massive turnarounds in the second leg wouldn't have happened. It's interesting. And then um, Manchester City, Leon, what a game. What a game. The front of the Observer, I showed you earlier, I went and got the local Bottlers. paper. Not the local paper, but paper in the local shop. And it says, Sacre Bleu, 
picture of Sterling heading his hands. Um, I just posed to you guys. I'll probably ask. Uh, I'll put ask loud first. What was worse? Do you think the Sterling miss or the Edison mistake? The Sterling miss for me. That was a, a gaping open goal. All he had to do was just compose himself and tuck it away. And he's definitely going to have had nightmares and lost a lot of sleep over that. But I think, like, what's the worst mistake is the Sterling one. But what's the most impactful mistake yeah. is the Edison one. Because mm. the game's done. Like, they yeah. could have had another chance if they kept going. Like, they could have mm. found that second goal. And I think they were on target too. I think if they, if he scored that, I think they would have gone through. Oh, yeah. yeah, it tells you up. Or the mistake or mistake or sort of the uh, misjudgment of not calling the foul in the middle of the park. Um, as Dembele's run on, he's, he's clipped Laporte. I mean, it's, it's happened to the best of us. We've been running through on goal and have been clipped. And then it, it's just an accident coming together legs. Uh, should, the goal stood? should the goal you know, stood? Mm, I, I, I don't know about that. But you know what? Sterling's got this in his locker, you know. Like, he misses some crazy chances. And the fact that he went, and he didn't just miss by a, but he didn't like clip the bar. He missed by a, quite a bit considering where he was. <laughs> no, it's the truth. Like he's still he, coming down. Yeah, like, and I just think that as as good as Sterling is, he has these moments where he's he's got rid of them, and he's definitely not making them. But even sometimes when he scores, he kind of scuffs it, and he looks like he has to kind of just make sure it goes in. So he's when the best he missed it, in position, I hear like you're you're yeah. right. He's, he doesn't always put them all away, but he's yeah. always there. Yeah, and that's and to get the opportunity, and that's what's good about him. Like he doesn't, he doesn't allow the misses to affect him. Mm. But that was a massive, massive miss. Oh, that's horrible. And, and I think, yeah, I think over the course of maybe like further on in the game, maybe City do it. But actually, I think the main culprit for this is is, is Guardiola. Like, speak on it. Speak on yeah, it. This is again. Yeah. This is another one of Ash's theories that has proven to come to fruition about overcomplicating things. Listen, when I saw that starting lineup, I knew City were in problems because he changed the formation. He's playing players that they shouldn't that shouldn't really be starting. Um like for yeah, me, Il, like yeah, Ilke Gundogan. Like he's been poor all season. Like I don't understand why listen, whenever whenever Pep does four three three, he puts two wingers out there and he just says, you know what? We're going to attack. I'm going to try and outscore a team. Man City are on job. And I don't understand so many players who are on the bench that shouldn't have been on the bench. Mara should have started. Yeah. David Silva should be starting. Like, if mm -hmm. that Silva doesn't start, then Bernardo Silva should start. Like, mm -hmm. all of these Foden. guys that he's playing, yeah, Foden, Foden yeah. as well. Like, I don't get why you've got Gundogan, you've got Rodri playing. It's, it's poor. And even like Cancelo as the left, as the left um, wing back, play okay. Mendy. Yeah. Men, like M Mendy is, he's, he's built to be a wing back. Even if he's not a left back, he's definitely built to be a wing back. So play him. Like, it's just mad. Like, Pep does these things where, like, he could just, a game simple, oh, let me try to prove that I'm too smart. No, just do what, just do what you're good at. And then City go through. 100%. He showed them too much respect, I think. He showed Leon too much respect. I think mm. Man City, if they played, like you said, they played the, the, their proper starters, they could have mm. blown Leon away. Like, I really think that I think what? they, they yeah. just yeah they they went on the they went on the defensive and by playing De Bruyne as part of a front three you lose De Bruyne's influence deep mm. and that like that's a guy who runs a game and mm. don't get me wrong he's still effective up front but they took him out of his position he would have occupied some of that Leon midfield mm. but that Leon midfield were able to just do what they do. Um, so, Guardiola yeah. is a Champions League fraud. 
He's a Champions League fraud. He can't. He can't do it at this level, man. He's proven that over how mm. like okay. He's like he's like Messi. You've done it when you had these great players around you, mm. but he away from Barcelona, he's he's finished. In my opinion, um, Guardiola needs to come back to Barcelona. Man City need to change it up. Um, there needs to be major changes in Man City. Yeah, and there needs to be. I, I don't think major changes. Yeah, I think major changes. They're far off. I think they need a new striker. If I was them, I'd buy Harry Kane. Mm. They you know they got the money. So go and get Harry Kane because so, you know you're you're going to bang goals and your front three is sorted and get a good another good centre back. I think. Well, they, I, they, I think we're yeah. really seeing now that that Jesus isn't up to that level. Yeah. Like and and again, no. I think yeah. that's why they've been so protective of Aguero uh, and actually it's, it's mad because but then again I do feel a bit sorry for Jesus because he's never had the run or, or, or whenever he has the run Guardiola does these things where he doesn't play like the, like the two wingers or he'll change things up but I, but I think the run that he has had he doesn't really do enough for the team like mm. he will score those little he'll score those little like six yard tappings but there's more that means that that's needed from, like, say, a, a central striker and a, and a no, body. I don't, it, so. I, I don't think he hasn't done enough. I think that he's he's uh, he's a little hesky. I don't think he's, he's he's needed to score a lot of goals. I think that his movement and the kind of energy that he brings up front is is yeah. Maybe maybe, maybe him alone as a, as a as a as a lone striker maybe that doesn't work. He needs I, I don't know, but well, I don't think it's a flop. He's no Aguero, but then also, yeah. I, if you remember, Guardiola was kind of trying to get Aguero out of the team. Mm. It took Aguero just said no, no, no. You're not taking that team and hit some form. And ever since, Jesus has kind of had to have a back seat. I, I thought he did all right, Jesus. I mean, he was again a solid back three. Other than well, he missed that. There was one or two awful shots that he put in, but he put that he put that ball on the plate for Sterling. Um, and I think he does get a raw ordeal because he's in the shadow of Aguero and the expectations. Because he does bang goals. You know, I, I had him in the fantasy team that did so well. And um, he does bang goals. I was surprised maybe that he uh, Guardiola didn't start maybe Sterling up top with Mares, Foden, or Bernardo Silva as like a free and just just mm. stretch the stretch the three central defenders really wide. Have David Silva as his last game could possibly you know like you need world class players. Mm. Um, you need a game like that. You know he's going to perform and push on from midfield having. Uh, Rodri and Gundogan sitting what you shouldn't you know you shouldn't have been doing that against a team like them you, sh- you know you needed more force from centre mid and then when he changed it up and Kevin De Bruyne pushed on as a number 10 he was uh, he was even on even more bits you know that outside mm. of the boot pass in the first oh, half I think oh man mm. ridiculous ridiculous can so, I just say because uh, Ryan said about Guardiola going back to Barca we kind of skimmed mm. Barca there. The, the rebuild that Barca need to do. Massive. Yeah, it needs to, it needs to be massive. They need to, Barcelona need to sign Phil Foden or something. They need to sign someone who can bring that energy back to what, midfield. What do you think they, about Messi's place right now? In in they Barca. need to stay. Messi needs to leave. I, I he's agree. Not, he's not and go where? And go, go where? China. Shit, shit. Go to Man City. Yes. Go Man City. If he if he went to Man City, that'll boost Man City massively enough to win Champions League. I don't I think, think that he'd win. I, I think he'd win the Champions League with like a Man City. One hundred percent. One hundred. One hundred. One hundred percent. 
Me personally, um, I'd love to see Messi and Ronaldo in the same team. That's 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 the kind of fantasy the fans have always had. There was talks of that. There was talks of that, but it's just uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. has been sacked now, so that Barca, you, I know Barcelona were like looking at it, but Abadal's been he's been dashed. So I, I don't think that deal is going to happen. Um, what's what's Messi now? 32, 33? 33. Him, 33. Does he, can he do it in the Premier League? Can he do it in the Premier League if he comes to a Man City? You know, I think the Premier League would be too demanding for, for Messi at his age. But the Italian league would be perfect for an aging player slowing down a little bit and it will actually prolong his career. So he could probably play till about 35, 36 in the Italian league. Him linking up with Ronaldo, the wavelength between the two of them would be incredible. I'd love to see that move. Nah. Personally, yeah, can't, can't see it happen. Maybe if he goes anywhere, maybe maybe David Beckham's team or... Oh, no, <laughs> no, not money. over there. <laughs> not over there, bloody I, I hell. Think, I think Man City is the best place for him to go. Yeah. If, then if Pep, yeah, if Pep, I don't think Bayern would want him. No, nah, but Bayern moving in a different direction. But if Pep would he get in, would he get in the team? What Man City? Uh, no, no, Man City would. The Bayern, the way they're playing now. Every team, yeah, of course, he'll take more than right. The thing is, the money they're going to pay him, he's, he's going. Everyone's going to start him and try and build yeah. a team around him. But I don't think Bayern need to. But I think Man City, it's like I think I said it. Uh, it would take them. Or Ryan might have said it actually. It would take them to the next level. Mm. And, and and Barcelona, they need someone to build the team around, and it's not it's no it's no longer Messi. Yeah. I mean, they need... they've, they've been trying to replace Neymar for the last three years instead of trying to replace Puyol and and uh, Busquets. Yeah, it's it's a mess. I think I think I think if Barcelona want to build anyone back, they need to get Neymar back. I think them selling Neymar really did mark the end of their golden yeah. era, because to me, Neymar is. Neymar's exceptional. Like he's he's probably my favorite player. Um, not ever. Messi is. No, sorry, Zidane is actually. But like right now, my favorite player to watch is, is still Neymar. Neymar is so sick, and I think if they needed to build anything, they should have kept him and said, you know what, we're gonna almost hand the crown over to you and make sure we build the team around you moving forward. Nice. Yeah. What's so wage problem? Messi, Messi's wages are. I think he's got the biggest wage in the world. In yeah. The- yeah. And it's, I think Neymar probably would want the same, but if not more. Well, I, I know how much we all love the Champions League. We could probably talk about this uh, for the rest of the... We could probably have a whole podcast dedicated to the Champions League and players like Messi. Um, but unfortunately, we will need to move on to our final section that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, Let's go. yeah, yeah. Right, we've got, we got the order here. We've got the um, two, uh, 2020-21 dates. Premier League is coming back. Um, Ash, I don't know if you want to touch on this quickly. Yeah, so September twelfth, we should be we should be active with the league again. Um, the the Community Shield is two weeks before that though, on the 29th of um, August. So Arsenal versus Liverpool in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. um, and then we're going through to the twenty third of May. It's a condensed season, and just to link into another story that I sent over, it means that the FA Cup is going to be shortened. So it's yes. not going to have um, replays and the prize one is going to be reduced um, to the 2018 amount. Um, listen, I'm glad football's back. Um, initially, I was really sceptical about it. Um, first, I said they should, they should just could, like, end the season. But it's kind of come back. It's worked. Um, I think fans won't be back into the stadiums until October at the earliest as well. So I'd be interested to see how they're going to do the season because if Man United go all the way through in the, Euro- in the Europa League, it's not really fair for them to come back on the 12th of September when other teams have been finished since the middle of July. 
So they need to definitely work out how they're going to do do that in mm. terms of timings and games. I'm gonna I'm gonna miss the uh, FA Cup replay. I know the third mm. round is my uh, my favorite, one of my favorite days in the footballing calendar. I really think the third round is is special. But the fact that there's no replays, the fact that maybe a a smaller club or a, or a club with a smaller ground or less budget won't get a chance to to get a replay or get you know that that that's a bit of a shame. But I understand why they've done it. Uh, to get you know just 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 to get the games through and the sheer volume of football is not letting up. So uh, for all those listening, I know you're looking forward to it, and and for your partners who don't, it's tough, tough tea for them because uh, football's coming thick and fast. And then the Euros and then everything else. So should be good. Should be good. Can't wait. Can't wait. Moving on. Right. This is a uh, something that's special to me, having worked with this company, and we've had um, Nana Badu on the podcast before and his brother Kevin Badu uh, both great footballers both great people within the community but Norwich uh, Football Club have announced a freeway alliance focusing on creating life-changing opportunities for young people from unrepresented backgrounds they've linked up with uh, Bidstack and Badu Sports now if anyone is unaware or you may be aware that Badu Sports uh, is an organisation um mainly in Hackney and in East London that works in education, primary and secondary school settings, uh, PE coaches, but also providing opportunities for young people, uh, mentoring, uh, helping them get through school, helping them get through college, um, providing them just with the tools that they need uh, to better themselves or improve their situations that they might not be getting and just, you know, let them see that there are... There are uh, positive mo- role models, both male and female, out there. Now they've linked up with Norwich, um, and they're going to get their logo. This is this is the you know this is the bit at the front that you see. You know they're going to get their logo on the home and third kit of Norwich. But more importantly, uh, Norwich and uh, Bidstack are going to work with the Do Sports in giving students the opportunity to attend. Uh, and train and learn from uh, other entrepreneurs and performance side of, of management. Um, they're going to get uh, receive coaching uh, skills and experience marketing uh, and, and access to seminars and business management. So just giving young people a real uh, push and support in, in helping them in some of the sort of the private areas of London. And having worked with these guys, uh, years ago when I was working in Hackney, it's really good to see this this company start off as like PE, PE company, coaching company, and build to a wider representation. So I thought I just wanted to acknowledge them. Um, I don't know if anyone else has, has had a chance to read it or see what they're doing. So big up to Norwich mm. and uh, Nana Badu in particular. Yeah, I think it's great to actually see this happen. And I think there's a lot of things where we talk about saying um, people will talk the talk and not always walk the walk. So actually putting this in place, um, I'm going to be really interested to see how it kind of flourishes and mm. if it can be something that then is then rolled out across other um, other clubs. So you have to acclaim Norwich for making this step, um, willing to kind of push this. Um, and yeah, I hope that we have one of these in, at every single club at every level. I think it'd be amazing. It's really good, yeah. And hopefully more clubs are taking and you know taking more of an invested interest in the local community people no matter where they are uh, slightly surprised it was with Norwich or maybe not a London based team but that's mm. it could be based on uh, Bidstack um, so big them up 
and we look forward to seeing it. So yeah, oh, much power to uh, Badu Sports. And this, if you're not sure what they do, just Google them. Uh, B A D U Sports. Uh, Nana Badu, someone who I hold in high esteem. Great, great guy. Really inspirational uh, and solid footballer as well, man. Absolutely got techers galore, and his brother Kevin and um, Josh and the whole team there. So big them up. Right, moving on, moving on. We've got uh, greatest goalie of all time, arguably. Oh, let me uh, throw it out uh, there. Nah, he's not. B- B- Buffon's better than him. I think Buffon. Yeah, Buffon. Buffon's better than him. Because uh, I think of a couple of others. So as well. The long Schmeichel. Yeah, there's a few. But no, Casillas has been an Casillas. amazing, an amazing servant. Retires at 39. Um, two captained Spain to two Euros and a World Cup, three Champions Leagues with Madrid, five league titles with them also, two league titles with Porto. Mm. Um, you're say, I mean, it's, it's between him and Buffon, um, neck and neck. Obviously, some people believe Buffon edges it. Some people may say Casillas edged it, but retiring at the age of 39. Has anyone played in goal? Like, just out of just chat, sort of in the, in the past. <laughs> I'm playing a lonely, it's a lonely position man uh, I had a horror show in goal one time did you everyone's yeah. got a story I had a horror show That's uh, it was so bad I went from goalie to striker and I've never looked back <laughs> <laughs> I went as far away from the goal as possible it was yeah. uh, I just prefer sticking them in the net than keeping them out um, they got me because I was messing around in training and I was like shot stopping in a five side goal so I was like oh we're, like, we don't have a goalkeeper Ash will you do it and I was really young and I was like, you know what? Why not, why not give it a go? I must have been about 19. And this guy took a shot from the halfway line. And normally I would just control it with my foot, but I tried to pick it up with my hands straight through me. Like, oh, it was, I just wanted the ground to just eat me up straight away. But I mean, we lost 5 4 as well. Was, a lot of it was down to me. A lot of it was down to me. Lonely position, lonely position. I think mine was a. Was it when I was in like Cubs or Scouts, like 10th late and Scouts, and there's a football tournament in um, Tom Hood, uh, and we got banged like 18 something, and I was in goal, and I was like, nah, this is on this. Jeez, <laughs> it was a, a five aside pitch. It was a five aside pitch as kids, and I was like, yeah, never that. So um, even though I looked up to, you know, David Seaman and uh, John Lukic, but Casillas is Casillas uh, will be retiring and all those trophies. Ryan, thoughts on on the the Spanish legend retiring? Shout out to him. Big up, as 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 <laughs> and his, uh, as always. Right, moving on, moving on. With times ticking, times ticking. Have we got the fantasy football? Yeah, did you guys see this? Do you play fantasy football? I know. Yeah, I was, bro, I was just trying to get my score from last year up because I was gonna, I was gonna like ask what everyone's scores were, but I can't even do it because I, I did my team. It started again, obviously. You obviously. started it already. You put in a Bamiang in midfield. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the scandal. Well, it wasn't even a scandal. I won't even say that. But uh, Bulgarian Alexander. Well, you never know. Yeah, well, we can share our details because I know I did all right this season. I did all right. I did a little <laughs> inside the top. 7,000 in, in... Nah, nah, nah. You know what? That's I have to dig you up then. Your score was a movie. Yeah, I don't know right. I don't know right still. But it's not about, it's not about me. It's not about me. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so this, this guy who won it, uh, Alexander Antonov, who had uh, initially won the prestigious title, had recently been informed his profile had been deleted following breaching terms and conditions 
Um, so what he'd done is over Facebook uh, some comments which I can only sort of assume to be racist or homophobic, uh, possibly towards Raheem Sterling seems to be the news. Um, and this was this came to light, and he's uh, his his you know. He, he, he had everything taken away from him. Uh, and Joshua Ball is a University of Oxford uh, cancer mathematician, won the whole thing with 2,557 points. So mm. just, yeah, it's good to see that the Fantasy Premier League, the Football Premier League are taking these things serious so we don't tolerate any mm. slander, racist, homophobic. Yeah, we, love, we, love, we love to see some good repercussions. Yeah, mm. yeah, some good, yeah. Some good, con- good old consequences. Yeah, no matter the language, no matter the country, we don't tolerate it. Um, Ryan, did you do did you do fantasy? Are you a fan? Are you on a more of a I did do fantasy football, but the uh, coronavirus slowed me down, man. It, it kind of took away all focus from football. I, I just didn't care. So when the, the season restarted, I was not thinking about fantasy football. I was I was too busy and involved in life. So um, my season was going well as as per normal, and as happens every year, I have a really slow start. I use my wild card within the first three weeks, and then I do better. So uh, it was one of those seasons. Up and down, up and down. And I know Cal did it, did well, uh, better than the last few years, eh, Cal? And, um... You know, I've, I've not really had a good grasp of the rules and exactly how to score loads of points in fantasy football. You know, all of this triple captain and um, double game weeks and the differentials and all that. I didn't really know about all that stuff. I just knew about, you know... You get points for scoring goals and you get points for getting assists. But it's the first time I took it really seriously. I took it a bit more seriously last season and this season I took it really seriously. And um, yeah, I think at some point I was top of the league, but it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, I dropped off, finished like mid-table in our BRB league. But shout out to you, Ben, for being the BRB league champion. Thank you. Thank you. There's a few, yeah, a few, few leagues that I won. So um, I look forward to, to jumping on it again. I took it semi-serious. Yeah, I took it serious this year. So... Uh, about semi-serious, bruv. You you are on it. Do not try and downplay what you did. You were fully invested, like, ratings to you. But don't try to do, yeah, you know, I've got more to come. Nah, bruv, you are listen, on it. Yeah, listen, when you've reached the heady heights, you see the only way is down. So uh, I'm hoping that... <laughs> hopefully I can break inside the top 5,000. I did, I, did, I did all right. I did all right. I, 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 was it 8,000 in the... In the country, but anyway, we're not talking about that. Anyway, we've got to keep it moving. We've got to keep it moving. Got to keep I'm it moving. Possible. Let's get to it. We'll do quickly. We'll do quickly. Uh, Ash, do you want to talk on this Raul? Uh, I can't say Raul. Raul. We've had, you know, Dodgy, we've had more... investigation. You know, it's crazy. We've had more ins and outs off the pitch than we have on the pitch. Like it's mm. mad. We just keep changing all the time. Like I, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't take us seriously at the moment. Like we like literally, we got the FA Cup. I'm happy. We'll see what happens. But the background stuff for Arsenal needs to be sorted. We're moving real rotten at the moment, and even that into <laughs> and even into no, because look at us. Like we we took a pay cut, but then we just laid off 55 staff members. Like there's so much, there's so much wrong at my club that that literally that is another podcast. If we were to really start getting into what's wrong with Arsenal, so I'm not even going to say too much. Do, do you think the fact that they're sort of their laundry has been aired out in public more so than other clubs uh, because it's Arsenal and the information's been leaked. They Arsenal usually a club historically that they always did things behind the scenes, did it well, was well managed. Um, 
and it seems like the transition now from Wenger leaving and they, they brought in all these different people to look at um, player development and all these other agents has all gone tits up really and, and now the investigation into sort of the money that was spent on Nicolas Pepe uh, being overcharged and then how much of that extra went to uh, some of the people behind the scenes it's a bit upsetting loud what, what you, as, as a non-Arsenal fan I like so I have a, I have a like f- as a football a fan of football I have an affinity with Arsenal and the like the heights of Arsenal let's just say the Arsenal you know the great Arsenal way of playing mm. you know the Wenger era but like before he kind of lost it a bit and I just think Arsenal's a badly run club mm. Like, it's brutally honest. I think Man United is a badly run club as well, but I think um, after I think you need to let off some fireworks after outside someone's house because yeah. Ed Woodward <laughs> seems to have changed up a little bit for Man United and kind of listened to Oli Gunnar Solskjaer and kind of reset the culture of that club. And it looks like it's setting a foundation for some good stuff to come. Maybe um, I don't know if it will be with Oli, but the foundation's been set. And I think Arteta is a good young manager. Mm. You have a core of some good young players mm. um, and it's just badly run. And like, just, just, just like, just problem after problem. Yeah. And I think until that's all yeah. out, Arsenal won't be where they should be. Because um, really, mm. like, as a QPR fan, relegation for us is relegation. Arsenal's relegation is coming eighth. Mm. Literally, that is the lowest place that Arsenal team should ever finish. Mm. And you've just come eighth. You might have won a cup. It covers up some cracks. But that's a badly run club. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's not, it's not going right. It's not going right. I mean, with this, uh, with him stepping down, Raul stepping down, it does hand over a bit more recruitment control over Arteta and Edu. Um, and we should be unpicking all the issues of super agents and other staff that that weren't necessary or weren't there. And we, we, we need to move forward, man. We need to move forward. Um, I just want to add that so far, I haven't seen any credible news sources um, that have specifically stated that there has been some foul play at Arsenal and with the Pepe deal. So it is speculation at the moment. It is kind of allegations. But it does look bad that... Um, uh, it does look bad that there's been this reshuffling and, and that there is a lot of... Uh, conjecture regarding what happened with the Pepe transfer and if some money did get handed out you know little backhanders getting paid out to people uh, there's some big figures that have been talked about but it is speculation it's not 100% fact at this moment we can't prove it No, there's a good article in the Ask blog uh, that I read today uh, sort of outlining it all and even like the history of um Emery being wanting to offer a new contract even when we were we were god awful and so yeah, just watch this space. Uh, not looking good. Not looking good for for us at the moment. And also, there was a recent uh, interview with Meza Erzul uh, talking about high wages earlier with Messi. Erzul refusing to move on, saying um, some of the sort of the headlines that came out of it was like, you know, I'll move on when I'm ready. I'm not going to be forced out, and I want to. I can prove that I can still do a job. Um, do you think he can get back in the team? Um, I'll ask Brian if he's still there, Ryan. I, I, don't, I don't think that he wants to get back in the team. I'm pretty sure he's happy chilling on the bench. Him and Bale might as well link up. 
Him and Gareth Bale might as well link up and just chill because they're getting paid and they're laughing. Like Ozil's obviously giving money to a good cause, paying people surgeries and helping people. Yeah. Great. Um, but that's just one of Arsenal's L's, man. You have to hold that one. Do you think, though, Ryan, talk about Bell? Do you think, like, with the media, the way it's portrayed, that Bell is the is seen as the victim where Zidane's freezing him out and Ozil's made as the villain and is not training hard enough, didn't mm. take the pay cut? And he touched on this. He, you know, he said he, he, was, mm. he felt rushed into the pay cut and it wasn't made clear what was going to happen due to the pay cut and because he didn't feel represented by our, or backed by Arsenal with his views on uh, Muslims in China. Uh, he's felt a bit let down by. So do you think, Ryan, that sort of a media uh, view on the different players and sort of like one's made to... You know, they're both in the same predicament. Yeah, no, no. They're, being, they're being paid crazy money and they're not playing, but one through the manager and the other's choice. Oh, that, that's what, them being paid a lot and... and um... That's, that's only, them being paid a lot for not playing that's the only thing they, they, those two have in common Gareth Bell wasn't standing up for anything um, so it's, it's a much different situation um, now do I think Ozil I don't think Ozil wants to play I don't think I, I don't know I don't see Ozil wanting to play for Arsenal anymore mm. I don't see I, that drive from him maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong I don't know I think the difference is I think uh Bale is kind of content because of what he's achieved. Like he's mm. won, the, he's won, you know, like yeah. back, back Champions League. He scored one of the best Champions League final goals of all time. He and even when he scored that goal, he and Zidane were out odds. And I think it was a him versus me situation, and that's why Zidane left because Zidane wanted to get rid of him then. And the club said no, we're not getting rid of him. And now obviously the club, Zidane's been vindicated because Bale hasn't banged. He hasn't been consistent since Zidane left. Now Zidane's come back in. They've won the league. So, I think he's just kind of, it was a him versus Zidane situation, but he's kind of like resting on his laurels because he's got mm. all these titles. Whereas Ozil hasn't quite, obviously he's a World Cup winner, but at, for Arsenal at club level, he hasn't done it the same way Bale has. And I think Ozil's a luxury to mm. Arsenal team at a stage where Arsenal just needs to be grafters. Mm. You can't they need luxury. Although they need that creativity in midfield, like they're seriously lacking from assists from, from midfield. And it looks like that Sabellios could be going back to Madrid. Yeah. Um, would you so... take Ramsey back? Who? Ramsey. Because you yeah, Polo's first day in the job said, no, nope, don't want Ramsey. Mm, I, personally, I mean, that my heart would say yes in the romanticised view of him because he's a, a legend and what he did. But... I think, we, you know, our, our history at the moment of getting ageing players, like we've just signed Willian, who's, what, 32? Um, would Ramsey be able to do it? I don't know. I don't know. I'd, I'd say no I at the moment. He's a good sign, sign for you guys, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Ramsey, no. a problem as well. His wages are ridiculous right now. Mm. So That's a strange one with Pirlo. Pirlo not wanting Ramsey, you know. That, that'll be an interesting one to see how Pirlo plays out being the Juventus manager after just taking the under... 23s or so for a short period of time. That seems like a strange one. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Ash, uh, before we sign off, what what next for Ozil? Do you believe? Um, well, another that? another 350 every week for the next 12 months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I'm honest, now if I'm honest, like read that article. Um, I think it's really easy for people to just scapegoat Ozil and say a lot of negative things about him. I'm not his biggest fan. I think there is a lot that we can say that he could, he could have done better. But actually, he's a senior member of the team. 
consultancy does look like it's been rushed because people are taking these wage cuts, but yet, actually, we've still got 55 people being um, taken off of our books. So there is some credence into what he says. And I think it is, it's really easy just to see him as this luxury player. Like, he's, he's, he's still a competent player. But what we're trying to do now, it's maybe time for him to kind of move on. And remember, when Arteta first came in, he started 10 games in a row. So I don't, so I don't just think yeah. it's the case of him, being a, him not being, a, being good enough anymore. Because if I look at Arsenal's squad, there's, there's very little quality in there, if we're, if we're brutally honest. Yeah, there's not the quality around him. Yeah. Same as Messi at Barcelona. Like, they're not, it's not their bad players, mm. but football's so much easier when you're playing with great players. Mm. And they don't have the great players there. So you can't get the best out of them. Yeah. Most and, and of his personality, he's not strong. He's not a strong kind of like imposer on the game. He's a beautiful, crafty player. And he can't do what he does in that current team because that team needs something else at the yeah. moment. <laughs> I think you could describe Ozil as a bit of a luxury player. Like when things aren't really going well, he's not the kind of player that's going to help you really turn everything around. Um but if you've got a solid unit set up, a team that's hard to break down, a team that's organised, and then you add Ozil on top of that so that he doesn't have to do all of that, yeah. the hard graft kind of work, because the rest of the team is set up to do that, then that's how you can get the best out and, of it. And that's a failure of the club, because they haven't since they signed Ozil, they haven't built a team around him. Yeah. The one time we did have a team around him was when he was playing 10. We had Kozula playing deep, Sanchez on one side, Giroud, Walcott. Yeah, that, was that, was, a good team. that was a good team. But again, the only the only thing that let us down there was probably like Giroud. We needed like a better striker. But everything else in that team was ready to go. So we have at one stage we had the team that was ready for him, but we didn't we didn't we didn't capitalize also, on it. Also back then he, he couldn't play ninety minutes or he didn't get yeah. they didn't let him play ninety minutes. He faded in games. Um, yeah, his fitness was kind of called into question. Yeah, yeah. I watch this space. Right, that wraps it up. Um, I just want to say thank you to our guest, Loud Mouth Melvin. Loud, thank you so much, bro, for coming on. We really appreciate you. Um, can you just let the people know, because I know you're doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes uh, with the television production, just what you've done as opposed to what you're doing, because I know you, we, we had that discussion before we started. Yeah, but what... um, so I've worked on a lot of different stuff. I've worked on like um, Channel 4 and BBC programs, um, I, and I did some online stuff. So I did a, a series called Gran Gran. Did that for um, Channel Four and E Four. Uh, did so we did a couple. Did about eleven episodes of that. Twelve episodes yeah. of that. Big uh, risky roads. Yeah, with risky. That's that's his grandmother, and it's like yeah. MCs and like grand MCs and rappers coming to the house basically, and and having a cup of tea with her in a chat. And I just did this thing for Beats by Dre, which is called the Agenda that Big Zoo hosted, and it's kind of like like a four-way chat kind of thing with like, so Dizzy Rascal was in it, um, Getz was in it, Asim Chowdhury, Miss Banks, ZZ Mills, Maya Jaman, all these, you know, and then talking about um, like issues that it's kind of being a fly on the wall in, in one of these rooms where it's like four creators are there and they're talking about what it's like navigating the music industry or, dealing with social media trolls and like they're talking about all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's a, there's a lot of, it's usually kind of music centered stuff that I work on. So I've done like documentaries like hip hop world news. I worked on a thing called channel four house party, um, four to the floor and channel four. No, that's no trainers on BBC. So I've just worked across a whole load of different stuff, but it's usually centered around music. Wicked, wicked, wicked. So 
multi-talented and always giving an honest opinion and to get your view so we really appreciate you coming on brother like thank you oh, so friend. much yeah it's been dope. dedicating your time uh cal as always i want to say thank you just for production pulling the strings from the back yeah midfield enforcer as you call it right yeah 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 midfield <laughs> or you were you you're sort of sitting in front of the back for center back now i don't know what yeah, okay your okay makaleli roll something like that yeah i'll give you that i'll give you that ash on the wing as always providing the flair Raw that West energy. London flair, that West London <laughs> money, big money sound. Yeah. Ryan, yeah. what's Ryan's? Ryan's more like a what a Balak, could you say? Like a, just a solid centre mid. Drop by me. Hey, no, 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 no. Bat was a baller, please. Yeah, please, I'm not following it. I'm but... not <laughs> okay, Can I be David Luiz, please? Maybe David Luiz. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a bit more credit than that, man. You got a bit more podcast prowess than that. Champions League winner makes mistakes, though. Six, well, 60 <laughs> yard diag. And then we'll miscontrol the five-yard pass. Trust me, trust me. They ride more consistent than David Luiz. But yeah, wherever you want to take, wherever you take. And I've been your co-host, Ben English. Don't forget, you can check us out on all podcast platforms. At Beer at Bants is the Umbrella podcast. And it's podcast play on. Uh, Just check us out on all formats. Thank you for listening and enjoy your week. Peace. 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 Layers.